Welcome to On Texas Football live chat, Longhorn live stream with Jerry Hamilton uh, of Inside Texas and On3. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, Longhorn football, Longhorn recruiting tonight. Uh, going to have uh, talk about DeMarvian Overshone. Jalen Hale is expected to make his decision uh, tomorrow. Definitely want to get there. Uh, but I want to start uh, by tipping my hat uh, to Roshan Johnson. Uh, Roshan Johnson was named a uh, not a, a finalist, a weekend uh, finalist, I guess, for Player of the Week for the Paul Horning Award, uh, which goes to a guy that uh, basically was the MVP of his team. Uh, Roshan, if you don't uh, recall, uh, had 11 carries for 81 yards. Bijan Robinson clearly had the better day on the ground. Uh, Roshan also had three carries for 23 yards and one touchdown. But here's a stat that will blow your mind. Okay, Texas had 22 first downs. Roshan on seven of his 14 touches made a first down. So basically he was responsible for seven of the, the team's first downs. Pretty impressive stuff there. Uh, I want to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, some improvement that we're seeing across uh, the uh, team right now with some older players. Uh, we've got a lot of questions to get to from the InsideTexas.com message board, uh, as well as some other stuff. Uh, before we do all that, I want to thank our newest sponsor uh, just coming aboard right now with us. Uh, and that's Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans, uh, by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, contact Energy Texas, Texas Electricity, done right. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, talking to you now here Let's let's go with your thoughts on Roshan real quick because uh, that's a that's a nice tip of the hat to Roshan Johnson because he he deserves it. Uh, no question. I mean, look, I, I've said before, and he is maybe the first guy that's not a starting running back that's legitimately the leader of a program. I can't recall. Maybe you can, Bobby. I can't recall that ever being the case. Um, you, you just look if you, none of anything he does surprises me. Uh, my time with him dates all the way back to his junior year at Port Natchez Groves. First time I went and saw him, um, Kenny Harrison was the coach at Port Arthur Memorial, now at Summer Creek, and he told me, you got to go see this guy. Uh, he, he said he just checks every box. Uh, got, he's, been, he's got really great parents. He said there's literally nothing you won't like about this kid. And, you know, I knew he was putting up stats. I hadn't been to PNG. Uh, but I went down and saw him, uh, talked to Coach Faircloth, who's now the head coach at Sulphur Springs, about Roshan. He said the best leader he's ever been around. And, and that's like the constant. Then we had him in the Under Armour game. And that week, first guy to meetings, first guy on the practice field, last guy out of meetings, right? I mean, first guy to get taped. I mean, it, it's just consistency with him. Um, and and I think part of that, his great leadership is his consistent consistency. Think about that open practice we were at that Tuesday, Bobby. He was coming off what some people thought was a season-ending ankle injury. Then it was going to be six weeks, and the guy's out there with his jersey on. And he clearly couldn't compete, but that goes to his leadership ability. And we talked about that at Inside Texas. This is not a guy that's going to be standing on the sidelines with his phone out, chatting it up. He's going to be part of the action, part of every play, part of every second of a practice, even it, when he's injured. And that's what you saw at that Tuesday practice. That's his leadership. And 
Uh, if you said he gets a first down on half his touches, that doesn't surprise me because if you need two, he's getting three. If you need three, he's getting four. If you need five, he's going to fight like hell to get six. You know, and he also played quarterback. You know, yeah. some of those snaps were out of out of, out of a quarterback oh, yeah. position. Uh, everybody remembers the hurdle, right? Him hurdling uh, to get a first and goal. I I I just keep going back to that one-handed snare uh, of that. Uh, it was a, it was a short pass by Hudson Card. And at that point, Card was he wasn't he wasn't strong, you know. He was missing some stuff. He wasn't just didn't feel like he was really attacking the game. Uh, Roshan comes out of the backfield, grabs the ball with one hand, you know, stabs it basically, uh, and there he goes. Uh, and then Texas was off to the races on offense after that, uh, for the most part. And uh, you know, it wasn't just the the wow plays in the run game or the hurdles it's it's the it's the little things too and i think uh roshan johnson is a, a very uh just an amazing longhorn uh that everybody can look up to all right let's let's go to a couple of questions i think the most pressing one right now jerry uh revolves around jalen hale uh the wide receiver out of longview uh is expected to make his decision tomorrow at 12 30 uh at longview high school our justin wells of inside texas is going to be at the ceremony tomorrow uh Hale is expected to choose among Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M. As you can see here, uh, consensus number 10 overall player in the state of Texas, consensus number 10 uh, wide receiver in the country, number 53 overall. He would be the fourth wide receiver recruit in this class for the Longhorns. Uh, What are your thoughts and where do you you think Texas stands right now for Jalen Hale, Jerry? Yeah, first, I want to answer one question. I think it was a, a Guerra asked if I was at home. No, I'm not. I'm in uh, Tampa, uh, but I will be back in Texas end of the week. Uh, probably at that. Uh, uh, there he is. Gail Guerra asked, is Jerry at home? Nope, I'm in Tampa. I was at IMG today, Academy. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, but I will be back in Houston probably for that Jonah Wilson versus Ryan Niblett game uh, later this week. But uh, Jalen Hale, you know, look – I'm not changing my RPM. It's 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 on Texas. Uh, it's only 45%. It used to be 70. I, I adjusted that down. I'm not going to adjust it again before he announces. We've had a lot of questions on the inside Texas about that. I'm not adjusting it again. I think it's an 11th hour recruitment. Look, I, I think he's probably shot a couple of videos. I think he's probably told a couple of staffs he's headed that direction. I think Texas feels good about it. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, and look, let's let's talk more about if it goes Texas way. If it goes Texas way, I'm just of the belief that is where Jalen wants to be. Um, He's close with Arch. He's close with Jonte, Malik Muhammad. There's a number of guys uh, that are committed to Texas, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that he's close with. Um, And, look, the guy grew up playing AAU basketball for TJ Ford, right, with the TJ Ford elite team. Um, So there's a lot of things in Texas' favor. I think another big one is Steve Sarkeesian has always targeted him. Uh, this has not been a recruitment that's gone through the ebbs and flows of does does the head coach at Texas want Jalen Hale or not? He's always targeted him. So that, I think, helps at the end of the day. Um, look, Alabama got him on campus more than anybody else twice since the end of Jan- July, uh, more than anybody else since that last weekend in July. Texas A&M did twice as well. Um, he was at Texas for his official visit, obviously. Uh, the Alabama game weekend, which I think helped Texas. Um, you know, it's interesting. We'll get into the IMG talk today, but, you know, it, it's almost like Texas won that game from a recruiting perspective um, in a lot of ways uh, based on when you talk to kids. So which way it goes, we'll find out. Um, I'm not changing my RPM. 
Um, will I be surprised if he goes to Texas? No. Would I be shocked or surprised if he went to Alabama? No. Would I be surprised if he went to A&M or Georgia? Yes. Got it. So you think it's really Texas or Alabama at this point? That's, I'll be surprised. You're hearing. I'll be surprised if it's not one of those two. Okay. I, I think that's that's fair. Um, you know, in, in talking to uh, Justin Wells, one of the things that he brought up, Jerry, and I want to get your, your feeling on this. He thinks that uh, just how tight uh, Jalen has gotten with some of the Texas commitments might be a big factor in Texas's favor. You agree with that? I do. And I'll tell you the other thing is I think when you look at, if you're a wide receiver looking at Texas right now, and we'll see when Quinn hits the field again, but Texas is looking at Quinn Ewers at quarterback the next two seasons and Arch Manning, number one quarterback in the country coming in, in the next class as an early enrollee who, you know, obviously Jalen's close with. Uh, it, 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 not saying Alabama doesn't have good quarterbacks coming after Bryce Young, but I'm not sure they have two like that. And so it's such an inviting offense to a wide receiver or running back right now. And, you know, look, we interview Cedric Baxter and we hear that. Um, Texas has really good quarterback play now and on the way, or it looks like with Quinn and on the way. And Hudson Card's an improved quarterback, right? So it's so inviting when you add the scheme to the quarterbacks uh, for Texas that, you know, and then you add the closeness to the other commitments that, you know, if things look positive for Texas, but Bobby, we've been doing this long enough to know. Look at Jordan Matthews' recruitment, right? You no. know, no, Texas, no, I agree. I think Texas I think was confident. Just... Texas was confident the night before Jordan Matthews committed to Tennessee. So we're in the NIL day and age. So until these kids actually say it, you don't know, and then they still have to sign. Yep, I, I think that that part of the reality too, Jerry, is that um, th these are all good schools. I mean, let, let, let's be clear. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Alabama, Texas, Georgia. You can say what you want about AM. They've got some stuff going on over there right now. But, uh, you know, these guys, th they're all football places, right? Yes. And, and so Jalen Hale, it, I don't know that he has a horrible decision in front of him, yeah. no matter what he does. Hey, hey, uh, uh, question for you. And you mentioned about the quarterbacks and Quinn Ewers. I, I think this is a question I need to take, kind of, because it came from the InsideTexas.com message board. And, and we'll talk about it now, uh, asking me to kind of divulge what we know about the quarterback situation at Texas. This is what I'm willing to say. I'm going to say what Steve Sarkeesian said yesterday. All of them practiced. <laughs> Beyond that, not saying anything. Uh, do I know more? Maybe. But I'm not saying anything, okay? And so I, I'm sorry about that, but uh, yours, Card, uh, Malik Murphy, um, Charles Wright, they all practiced. Uh, Card, it looks like, uh, was fine on in Saturday's game. So I don't think you have to worry about him uh, giving way to Charles Wright. Will Quinn Ewers be back in time for um, Texas Tech? We shall see. Uh, but uh, that is where it's at. Uh, nobody else is, nobody's going to get me saying one thing or another or, or try to get anything out of me. Jerry knows this. Is, I, I, I just don't, I don't talk when I don't want to talk. Um, and so I'll clam up, but I want to say that for you guys. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
so that we uh, have well, that. Bobby, how funny is it the guy that's in, uh, his handles RL from Chatsville says he won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, you got to try. I don't I don't mind people trying. That's not a, well, that's you got not a negative thing. I, I just I want to make sure people understand that there's there's things I just I won't do uh, for for personal reasons. All right. Uh, let's talk about one thing that, that I want to get to you with. And that's the offensive line is another question coming. We're going to get to if you have questions, by the way, uh, please post them in the chat. Uh, please also like and subscribe uh, like this uh, this video and, and uh, subscribe to our channel here on on Texas football. Uh, if you have questions and you want them uh, discussed or topics that you want discussed in this uh, chat, me and Jerry are going to be here or this live stream. Me and Jerry are going to be here uh, for a full hour tonight. Uh, I would love to get to those questions because we. I've got a bunch already pulled from the Inside Texas message boards, but there's always room for more. Uh, Jerry, let's go to the the offensive lineman. Okay, uh, some people are wondering. You know, Cole Hudson and uh, Kelvin Banks are already starting. Okay, what what's going on with DJ Campbell, Cam Williams, the rest of those guys, and what do you think a, maybe a starting lineup looks like next year along the offensive line? when we think only Christian Jones is going to be gone. Right. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's obvious Cam Williams is not going to redshirt, right? He's out there on special teams. He's going to be he, – he, he's getting prepared to play every week in case there's an injury. Um, you know, unless I'm mistaken, DJ Campbell hadn't played the last two games, correct? Correct. correct. So, you know, you could still get him in three games and maybe redshirt him. I don't see that, though. I, I just don't see that. Um Malik Ogbo, Neto, uh, Connor Robertson. I think those guys are headed for appear in four games, but redshirt more than likely. Um, so I think that's kind of where where it's at. And it, I think next year is very interesting. It, it's it's hard to say right now. The question with Texas is: Does a Cole Hudson or Connor Robertson do they really compete with a Jake Majors for the starting center job? Because to me, that kind of is going to tell you how the offensive line is going to shake out. Um, I think Cam Williams is a starting right tackle. Kelvin Banks is your starting left tackle. More than likely, Cole Hudson's uh, uh, you know going to be a starting guard. Um, Texas is very happy with Connor Robertson. The progress he's making is physicality, answering the bell. Um, and you know where does Neto play? I mean, it, right now he, he's kind of a swing guy between right tackle and right guard. Correct. Uh, Malik Ogbo left guard. Um, so it's uh, Hayden Connors coming back, right? So um, it, it's just so interesting to see because I really do believe this. No matter who starts next year, I'm not sure the offensive line isn't the strength of the Texas team next year. And, and, and how long has it been since you said that? And I say that because look how good Kelvin Banks is in year one through three games. What's he going to look like in year two? Think about what Cam Williams is going to look like after another after an offseason. He wasn't an early enrollee, so he gets some game action this year. He goes through spring practice as a starter. Think about Neto, Connor Robertson, all these guys, Cole Hudson in year two, um, Hayden Connor in year three. If Jake Majors is your starting center, he holds off. That means he's got he's improved a lot, and he's continued to add good weight and muscle weight, and he's a would be a third-year starting center. So it, it, Texas goes from in in a year and a half time, two year time goes from, man, a lot of questions there to um, that this may be the strength of the actual team next year. Anyway, right. it's not just at that position on offense though. Right. I mean, yeah. let, let's be clear. JT Sanders is step. There we go. I mean, so the tight end group for next year looks outstanding yep. in my opinion. 
Yes. Uh, you, you talk about the wide receiver group. They lose Jordan Whittington. I think he's he's proven to be a, a valuable piece of the roster, no question right. asked. But beyond that, it's only the two running backs, really. Yep. Um, uh, and yours is a, a year older. Baxter's coming in. Jonathan Brooks is looking good. I, I just feel like that side of the ball is looking pretty salty right now. No doubt. And, and you have guys that, that you don't even know if they're going to end up being good, like a Jai Hall who has some ability. Um, but, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I want to mention part of this. Um, one thing that Eric and I talked about on today's state of the program, Jerry, and I want to get your, your feel on this, uh, was talking about uh, how this is an interesting, and we talked about it a little bit with Roshan Johnson. Think of the seniors on this team, okay? Despite all they've been through with, with Tom Herman and the changeover, you have Christian Jones having a breakout year. Keandre Coburn, best year he's had yet. Tavondre Sweat, best year he's had yet. Um, Anthony Cook, moving to safety successfully. Uh, I could, I'm Jordan Whittington. Playing, playing well. I mean, what do you think that says for the development, or does that say more about those players individually that they stuck to it, or is it a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both, and 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 there's a reason I think Saturday's been the game I've had circled all year too, because then it becomes belief in winning. You know, the Alabama game gives you belief. You have to come back and back that up against UTSA. Now you go on your first road game of the season to start Big 12 play. If Texas beats Texas Tech, which we all believe they should, but that's why the games are played. Look, I mean, um, then suddenly you add confidence to that equation. You add a a team that has more confidence than they've had in a few years at Texas. So I think it's player development, yes. But here's the other thing. Players only develop, and you're only seeing player development if they believe in what they're being taught and told. And I think that's the biggest thing with player development. Everybody thinks player development's off-season strength and conditioning, right? And it's a big part of it, yes. But to really develop as a player, Keandre Coburn, a Sweat, those guys have to look at Bo Davis in that meeting room every day and nod their head and say, yep, this guy's taking us where we need to go at every position. And if you're seeing that in your football program, your players believe in your coaching staff. And that's when good things happen. Uh Deshaun Jameson, a couple past past breakups uh, this past week. Hey, hey, here's one I'll throw out: Casey Kane. Yeah, I mean, just think about last, last going into last spring. I don't think he was on anybody's radar as a guy who was going to be an impact player for Texas. And yes, Isaiah Nower got hurt, but Casey Kane's a solid player out there. Yeah, he only catches one two balls a game, but you have a feeling he's going to have a game this year. He catches five or six balls for hundred yards. You feel like it's going to happen, whether it does or not. But you watch him you say okay that could actually happen that could transpire so I, I look at a kid like that too and, and I'll tell you a big one you named them already JT Sanders development of tight ends huge I mean this is a guy who he's he split out he played wide receiver in high school he played defensive end he played until he cramped up he was tired half the snaps he played because he played both ways plus special teams but to see his development in tight end that's a, a feather in the cap for Jeff Banks Steve Sarkeesian and the staff yeah, I, I just look at it and I think hey, these guys are actually like Texas in the past 10 years has signed some five stars here. No question. They just haven't end up, ended up being five stars. Right. And so now you see a Quinn Ewers come in and, and he looks as good as he looked against Alabama. Even though it was one quarter, you have a JT Sanders 
that develops into a five-star tight end prospect when he had never really played tight end before. That's um, right. And Bijan Robinson ends up being a five-star running back that he was. That 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 paves the way. Xavier Worthy is the five-star that he was ranked by on three. Yep. That paves the way for future guys to see, okay, it, the, Texas isn't where the five stars go to die. Yeah. Right. Which is what well, had really yeah. happened after maybe Jordan Hicks, that, that, that range that yeah. long ago. Right. Hey, I'll throw another one out. DeMarvion Overshown is to me, it's that's not so much about player development, but a staff finding the way to use him to the best of his ability. And that is part of player development is putting players in a position to be successful. Um, and so it, I think the Texas staff is, is showing signs of that on both sides of the ball. Um, look, I mean, Jalen Ford is not uh, – I look at Jalen Ford. Look, he's not a perfect player, right? Um, but what does he have, 25 tackles in the last two games? I mean, you don't – that doesn't mean he – obviously get, he was big part of giving up the big run against Bama, right? But 25 tackles in two games. That's progress as a player. He had 52 tackles last year. He's already got half that, and more than half that in three games. I, I want to bring this up because I think this is a good question. Um, and and it, it no, I mean, you mentioned Bo Davis's name, and I was nodding in the, in my head, and I, this this thought went through my head. Um, the, I, after the Iowa State game, Bo Davis was uh, surreptitiously recorded. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, you know, basically lambasting. Uh, a lot of the players uh, on uh, the Texas roster about lack of effort and lack of care about win or loss. Um, do you think Texas has uh, moved through some of those players? Do you think it's just another year in the system where they're more comfortable with their coaches? Uh, what, what do you think that is right now, Jerry? I think I think it's a combination of both, honestly. But I, look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this to any Texas player that is watching this. I mean, Bo Davis has national title rings, right? Sarkeesian has national title rings. Jeff Banks has national title rings. Kyle Flood. These, they've also, Flood and Sark have coached in the NFL, right? Bo Davis coached in the NFL. If you can't buy in to these guys, then, man, get on with it. Get out. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, guys that win national titles have coached on all levels. This, this isn't that hard, especially when you've been a very inconsistent team and program. Um, so I think I think it's a combination of both. Um, but I also think I, I think there's some probably some pretty good senior leadership on this team, kind of what we mentioned earlier. I mean, look, I love Roshan as a leader. You know that. I think when your best player, Bijan, is a totally genuine human being, that, yeah, he's making great money off NIL, but he's also giving back to his teammates. I think there's some good things going on within that locker room and on that team right now. And I can tell you this from being around Roshan Johnson enough to know if somebody's not given full effort, he's going to kick him in the ass. <laughs> this is his last year at Texas. He's not going out five and seven unless there's a slew of injuries. He's not doing it. So it. that's what I would say. <laughs> I got you. Um, you know, thinking of that, a question came in from uh, Inside Texas that I, I felt like would be good here as well. Um, who's going to fill the void next year for Roshan? That's a big one. Um, and I think that is a legitimate question. And Bijan, the personality, right? Um, next year is a year, and, you know, we assume Quinn Ewers is, you know, can you, continues to be the guy. 
I think it's a huge opportunity for him um, to really take a huge step more. He's more of a actions guy, right, than a vocal guy. Um, but he's going to have to be next year in that role, right? Um, so I think that's going to be a huge opportunity for him. Um, I, I, I think you could see, you know, that it's a tougher one, man. I mean, look, Kelvin Banks plays confident this year. Kelvin Banks may be a, a, a big-time leader next year, right? He's going to be on all the preseason All-American teams if he keeps playing like he is, right? So guys are going to look to the guy that people are projecting to be a top-10 pick in two seasons, and he's got the personality for it. He's an all-business guy. He, he, he comes a lot, off like a professional. Um, so I think it, it's a great question, and I'm not sure we exactly have the answer. Um, but I can tell you this. I, I, one of the things I do think – that uh, Sarkeesian and the staff are doing a really good job of is, you know, look, I've been around Cedric Baxter now for a year. He's got great leadership qualities. You know, Edgewater's 4-0. They shouldn't be 4-0. We'll see if they beat Apopka Friday. That's going to be one hell of a physical game. Um, but, look, they beat West Orange. They're probably not a more talented team than West Orange. They beat Orlando Jones 14-13 last Friday with Tashar Choice and Bo Davis. They're, they're not a more talented team than, Orlando, uh, than Jones High. So Cedric Baxter's leading his team, and he's doing it through actions and words. If you talk to uh, the head coach, he's showing some of that leadership ability that Roshan Johnson's had, and he's doing it as a guy rushing for 250 yards. Well, here's the reality of it. Uh, so I think Jared Thompson would be one of those guys. Yeah. You know, next defense year on needs, defense. Defense needs some guys to step up. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's going to be a guy. The, 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 the point, though, here that makes Roshan so interesting and unique is that, look, Jaron Thompson's a good player. I'm not trying to take yeah. any way through. Roshan has some juice. Yes. So it's not just that he is a good player or a good leader. It's that he is both, you yeah. know. Um, and so I don't want to take that away from anybody else. It's just that is a large void, a large void to fill. I mean, we can sit here and talk about, oh, well, it's going to be this guy or this guy. It may not. I mean, because yeah. that's he's he's, he's a truly unique. unique. He's a truly unique leader. A guy that played high school quarterback and willed his Port Natchez Groves teams to a playoff win or two when they were clearly not the most talented team, right outside of him. But then he's leading as a backup player at the running back position. It's just unheard of. I mean, so and again, Bobby, like you said, whenever he comes in the game, if there's four yards that need to be made, he gets those four yards. And his teammates know he's going to get those four yards. So it's leading in the locker room and leading when your feet are on fire on contact. Yep. I, I think he's a tremendous player. Uh, Marco Coronado asked about Jonathan Brooks. I love Jonathan Brooks. I've loved him since he was a recruit. Uh, Jerry, I, I remember calling Jerry the first time I saw him and said, hey, I think they got somebody here. And uh, he was lightly recruited at the time. Uh, played both ways at Tiny Hallettsville. Um, but uh, ended up being fairly highly recruited after Texas offered. Um, but just a a guy that I think he never, almost never gets tackled by the first guy, right. Jerry. That's right. the thing about Jonathan Brooks to watch as you go forward. He does not have the ride out of right. a Bijan, right? But he's got some good stuff to him too. I, and I, I want to add to that. You know, we've given Tashard Choice so much praise and he deserves it, right? Um, recruitment has said Baxter. I was at IMG today, talked to Jarrett Gibson, the number one 2024 running back, which we'll get to. But let's give Stan Drayton some props for the evaluation on Jonathan Brooks because that was an early call. 
Um, Stan Drayton locked in, liked the kid. Um, so without Stan Drayton's early evaluation, he may not be at Texas. And I agree with you, Bobby. I think he's a really, really talented guy. I think the game, the strength game is huge for him. Because if you looked at him in high school, he had – now he played safety. He played until he cramped up, right? He was that guy at Howitzville. But if, you, if there was one thing about him that you knew he had to work on, he had to work on ball protection because he's a long-arm guy and it's hard to pocket the football. So the stronger you are, the better you pocket that football because he carried it like a loaf of bread a lot of times because so he could get away with it at that level. Um, but again, he led that team to the state championship. I mean, so and that's saying something in yeah. Hallisville, Texas. I want to I want to get to a couple things. I want to talk to you about what you think the who you think the most underrated recruit is. I'll give you mine as well. I want okay. to talk about possible flip candidates for the Longhorns. I want to talk about what you think about this trip to Lubbock for the Longhorns, uh, your trip to IMG today. Uh, before we do that, I want to make two pitches for you. Um, InsideTexas.com uh, is where Jerry and I both are. Uh, it's a $1 per month subscription or $1 for one month uh, right now at InsideTexas.com. Please come join us and give us a try. If you don't like us after the month, uh, we'll say farewell and shake hands and say goodbye. But uh, we think you want to stay. Uh, the second thing is we want to thank our newest sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. Uh, when Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, no overseas, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power, www.energytexas.com. Hey, Jerry, uh, you know, we, we look at all of this and we talk about uh, recruiting um, and we talk about these games coming up that Texas is currently playing. Texas Tech has got a new coach in Joey McGuire that you know well from your days. I mean, from the high school days, right? right. Um, he was at Cedar Hill for so long before he even went as an assistant under Matt Rule at Baylor and then continued on under Dave Aranda. Um, you know, he's in a situation – out in Lubbock where nobody has really had sustained success since Mike Leach. And he's not Mike Leach. Joey McGuire is not some wonderkin offensive minded guy. He's not even Spike Dykes who was super folksy and really right. fit West Texas. Right. So how does, how does a guy like Joey McGuire that you've known forever, how does he make it work for himself out in Lubbock? First, he's got unbelievable relationships with high school coaches. And I think it matters. And here's why I think it matters. You know, we're talking about Jalen Hell earlier. Well, that's a Texas, Alabama, Georgia A&M race. Texas Tech's not in on that kid. They're not going to be in on that kid unless it's a circumstance, right? A, a, you know, a prior relationship, a maybe family tree at Texas Tech. But where I do think, and I'm saying this because the NIL day and age, I think, has taken away some of those head coach important relationships. But I think when you go down to the next level of recruits, I think those relationships are huge with high school coaches and his staff's relationship. Um, there's two guys, Jeff Trailer last week, Joe McGuire, coaching the state of Texas that can call every high school coach, walk in every high school, and they're welcome, and they give hugs. And, you know, they're, the high school coaches are cheering for those two guys to do very well, right? And so when you're recruiting against the TCUs, the Oklahoma States, Baylors, for 75, 80% of the guys you're recruiting, I think those relationships matter. Um, and I think they've got to be really good in early evaluation. I think they have to get, they have to identify talent and they have to get in on enough of the guys as sophomores to where the 
you know, six, seven below up to that Jalen Hale level, right? And you kind of think they are, but you still recruit those guys because you never know who's going to portal. And that's when that relationship can help you. Uh, but I think that's the key is really is evaluating early, getting on enough of those guys early, because the hardest thing to do at Texas Tech to me is get the kids to campus. If you're not outside the FW. It, it, it's it's no, it's it's literally an eight hour drive. Right. I mean, it, it's hard for people to, to make that happen. And, you know, that that Texas Tech is a very, very hard job. And, that, and that's why as much as they had, I mean, a guy had a losing record at Texas Tech and gets hired to be the head football coach in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, let's just be that's that means that it they think it's really, really hard. The NFL thinks it's really, really hard to win at Texas Tech. No question. Yeah. It, it and it is. So two things I think have to happen for Joey to, you know, ascend maybe more than people think he can. One's hitting on a quarterback, right? Yeah. You always have to hit on that three-star, low four-star quarterback. Maybe it's a Baron Morton with another year coming from small school football, but they need to hit on a quarterback. They need somebody to be better than any of us thought he was going to be. And that takes them. Mahomes. Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers at Cal, right? I mean, those type of things. They need to have an NFL quarterback come through. They recruited. They can elevate them from six, seven wins to eight, nine. Um, and I'll tell you where I think Joey can succeed is, you know, I think the most difficult thing right now is what conference are you recruiting to? Where's this thing going? Right. And so who am I going to be playing against? Um, but then I think the other thing with Texas tech, and I think this is the most difficult thing going in college football right now, unless you're a blue blood is making good decisions in the portal. Because if you consider the guys that are going to portal down, I was actually talking to a head basketball coach in a mid-major conference today at IMG when I was watching the basketball workout. And he was saying, it's brutal to be a mid-major basketball coach right now. He said, because he said, whether you call them quitters or malcontents, the guys that are coming out of the portal wanting to come to you aren't necessarily the guys you want. And you can only have so many of those guys in your evaluation of those kids, the people around them. I mean, it's got to be so much due diligence to make the correct decision. So if you're at Texas Tech, people say, oh, yeah, we'll build it through the portal like FSU did, right? And we're going to get Jared Burse and all these guys. But you have to make the right decisions on those guys because a lot of the guys that are wanting to, I'm saying, come down towards you are not necessarily all the guys you want. So I think that is managing the portal is so difficult right now. Uh, for the colleges, the, the lower power five schools, you better be really good at it. Uh, the, you mentioned you were at IMG today uh, for the football workouts as well. Uh, the the Gibson, the running back, uh, Rubel, the defensive back, uh, they're in on him. Who who all is Texas recruiting at IMG down in Florida Those right now? Three, whether it's 23, 24, right. whatever the year. Those are the two main ones in 24. Jarrett Gibson's our number one running back in the on 300 for the class of 2024. And Tashar Choice has got Texas right there with Tennessee, Florida. Kids from Gainesville would have gone to Gainesville High, transferred to IMG. Florida's obviously a factor. But, uh, look, this this, and I'm not saying it's trending to Texas um, with Gibson, but I'm also not going to um, just gloss over the Tashar Choice relationship after I did early on with Cedric Baxter, and I was completely dead wrong on that. So I know that Gibson was on campus in June. He really likes choice. Um, he wants to get back out there. He's watched Texas. You know, that's one where, you know, he said, look, Texas barely lost Alabama. That's like a recruiting win for kids. 
you know, uh, that Texas was at the point of beating Alabama. And the questions are with all the kids and the media pundits is, look, you know, Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. Texas wins the game, right? Even you don't know what happens, but, you know, you can, it, it's easy to go there. Um, but then, you know, Rubel is uh, the safety from Fort Worth area. has been at IMG's his second year. He loves Texas. That's one where I think Texas leads. Uh, that's up to Texas to say we're going to roll out the red carpet and this guy, we want this guy to be part of the class. If Texas does that, I'll be surprised if he's not a part of the class. Uh, there's a couple of 2025 uh, and a 2026 freshman offensive lineman down there that Texas offered early. We'll see, you know, where those go. This Were those the early offers to stay in the game or are those legitimate offers uh, to where they're really going to push to get those kids to campus this spring and summer? I think that's where you really find out how serious Texas is. You know, David Stone, a big uh, defensive tackle in the on 300 in the 2024 class. He's from Dell City, Oklahoma. He said he's had some texts from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I don't think Texas is really making a strong move there. I think the, you know, it's Oklahoma, Michigan State uh, is kind of the thought process of where that kid's going to, one of those two schools where he's going to end up going. So Texas may be, you know, they may be keeping in contact with David Stone, but I don't expect that to go anywhere as of today. Um. Question from Anthony Bailey. Thank you for the super chat there, uh, Anthony, by the way. What makes his staff recruit at this level, and can they be even better competing for top 10 kids at, a, at every position? I, I, you know, Jerry, you and I talk about this kind of stuff um, all the time about, you know, how is this staff position? I think Steve Sarkeesian made great hires in the offseason. Um, Stan Drayton took the head job at Temple. He, he replaced him with maybe the best running back recruiting coach in the country. Yeah, uh, quite possibly into short choice. Didn't know he was that good at the time when he's at uh, Georgia Tech, but he also got Jameer Gibbs to Georgia Tech uh, before he transferred to Alabama this year. So, I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. And then you have Brennan Marion, who just coaches the uh, uh, Bolitnikoff winner at the University of Pittsburgh and in Jordan Addison. And you get him to come in and Marion already has been recruiting the state of Texas That's right. for a number of years. And so, you know, I think that it's a couple things uh, here, Anthony, as, as we talk about this. I think that it's Sark hiring the right guys first and foremost. Foremost, These guys have to care about recruiting or they're not going to be good at it. So um, as far as top 10 at every position, they're, they're recruiting at that level right now, period, I think. Uh, we just talked about Jalen Hale, 10th overall rated receiver in the country uh, by the on three consensus, and he's expected to announce tomorrow uh, between Texas, uh, Texas A&M, Georgia, uh, and Alabama. We think it's either Texas or Alabama at this late date. But, uh, you know, my point being that they already are doing that. I, I feel like they're already there. And part of it is uh, the, the personnel that Sark has brought in to surround himself with. Kyle Flood already did it last year with the offensive line. Bo Davis has been in the trenches in, in recruiting, whether it's at LSU, Alabama, or Texas before. Um, uh, Jeff Banks been all over the map as far as recruiting is concerned. Um, and so Terry Joseph uh, yep. comes in from Notre Dame, LSU. I mean, he's been all over A&M. He's been everywhere. Same thing. Um, those guys know what's going on uh, and how to compete at that level. And I think that's that's most important. Um, I, I want to throw something out, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. So I was sitting in the IMG football office today, and one of the top two guys at IMG football was actually in Austin last weekend for the Texas game. And we're just talking recruiting and because they, you know, these guys go to every school, right? They go to all these colleges. 
Um, and what he said was, and he, he brought this out. I didn't ask him. We were talking about a different college. And he said, you know, it was impressive to me in their presentation, in their organization. He said it was Texas last weekend. He said, from the time I got there, I was welcomed there into the facility. And he said, when I left after the game Saturday, he said, it, everything was organized. It ran smoothly. It wasn't raw, raw recruiting. It was organized message recruiting. And he said, I, he said I've been to all, all these colleges. He said, I've met with all these coaches. He said, Texas really impressed him from start to finish with their organization and the professionalism they used in the recruiting process. And he has how many 17 guys on NFL rosters from IMG right now. So he is very observant. He knows what he's looking at. And that was a pretty big feather in Steve Sarkeesian's uh, hat for me today because that was unsolicited. Well, I, I'm going to tell you that that not, we got 500 plus people on here right now watching this video. I'm guessing 500 plus people are smiling hearing you say that because that's exactly way, the way you want your university yeah. represented, right? That's right? You want you want to to be. I mean, Texas is all about trying to be first class and everything they do, and you know, representing yourself that way is a is a big deal. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, we, you and I have talked about uh, this, and I mentioned it uh, a couple minutes ago, and that's flip candidates, guys that you think uh, Texas might have a chance to flip from other schools. Uh, it happens each and every year, so it's not – this isn't uh, – yes, it's conjecture. At the same time, it's real. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, happen, it might happen from Texas to another school as well. So Correct. It, it's just what recruiting is at, at some level. Uh, but – Take take folks through some guys that you think might be flip candidates in the next uh, month to two or three months. Yeah, I, I think um, I'll start with a couple of defensive linemen. Look, Terrence Green, we mentioned, you know, he remains in contact with Texas. Texas did not bring him up for the Alabama game. We'll see what happens there. But Texas remains in contact with Terrence Green. Uh, Jamarius Brown, defensive lineman from Moss Point who came in for a June visit. He committed to Ole Miss right after the day after the Texas visit. Or may, the, the, the people in the circle remain in contact with Texas. Um, I think if either one of those guys decommits, then it gets very serious. Um, we'll see what happens there. Texas isn't going to give up on Colton Vosick. I think it's a long shot. Um, but, you know, these guys are going to recruit through the whistle. Um, and, and they've proven that in the 2022 class. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there. I mean, it's really going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, uh, so Anthony Hill, somebody asked about Anthony Hill. Absolutely. I, I, Anthony Hill's recruitment is not over. Um, there's contact with Texas. So um, that that would be one, whether, you know, you think he's a five-star prospect or not, that there was a, there's a lot of juice and perception that comes with Anthony Hill if you were to, able to flip him from Texas A&M. So, yeah, Anthony Hill's one because there's still a need at linebacker. There's a need at edge. There's still a need in the secondary corner. Safety Warren Roberson was a senior offer, but he's not committed anywhere. He's a big lean to USC, so could you flip him off that lean? Uh, because he may as well be committed to some people there. Um, so we'll see, but I think it's the defensive side of the ball um, is where all this is going to come into play. And look, I think Texas is in a good position here because there's we mentioned it before. There's good young talent at edge. Ethan Burke, Jamon Tat, Finkley all played again Saturday, right? Baron Sorrell, he has plenty of time left at Texas, right? So they can be selective and stay on their top guys. And if not, maybe go get a, some help in the portal for a year. 
Um, I think linebacker, they would love to add that an Anthony Hill as a high school linebacker prospect, right? Um, I think that would be a big one to go with Samaje Burrell and Liana. Um, so that that that's a perception recruitment uh, as much as anything, and perception does matter in recruiting. Um, so I think the defensive side of the ball is where it's at. And then, look, Texas has to play protection, too. Alabama's not backing off Malik Muhammad. They haven't backed off of him, right? Not um, going to back off Derek Williams either. Derek Williams. You think LSU, A&M, Alabama, they're not backing off that guy. He's one of the top three safeties in the country, and there's probably three legitimate five-star safeties in this class. That's a really good safety class. And if you look at it, A&M's you know, hoping to get a Peyton Bowen or Derek Williams. They're hoping to get snag one of those two guys, right? So Alabama's, like you said, is not backing off. LSU's definitely not backing off Derek Williams. Doesn't matter how many defensive backs they have committed. So Texas has to play a little keep away as well. I didn't mention Braylon Shelby. Look, I mean, a lot of people ask on Inside Texas all the time. I think he's a long shot. I mean, look, I know his mom wants him this close to home. The kid made a PowerPoint of why he should, mama should let him go to USC. And if you look at USC right now, I mean, is there an easier path to the college football playoff than USC? And that probably means they'll lose this week because I just jinxed them. But they, <laughs> their setup's pretty good, Bobby. I mean, they're going to win a lot of games and score a lot of points and kick a lot of butt. And it, that one's going to be tough. He's, he's the best coach in a conference where he has uh, the a distinct um, athletic advantage from yes. a recruiting perspective. Yes. People don't realize just what advantage. I mean, USC is a lot like an LSU where Correct. you have this mass of talent and you're really the only, only game in town. I know UCLA fans might say something if there are any left. Right. Um, but Oregon may go into Southern California and Ohio State and Alabama and even Texas will try to take people out of there. But at the end of the day, nobody holds a huge recruiting advantage in Southern California like USC. Uh, and it is one of the top three or four areas in the country where a number of recruits come out of. And so uh, I agree with that comment about them possibly uh, being having like a, an easier way. Uh, oh, to yeah. the uh, to the to that that uh, uh, playoff as we move forward. The question is how many how many years are they going to be in the conference? <laughs> well, I mean, because they're going to be moving to the big Big Ten, yeah. right. right? And so as they move to the Big Ten, they're no longer in the Pac-12, where he does where he is. I would say the the best uh, coach out there. Oh, yeah. But then you start getting into guys with better better players, frankly, at this point. Hey, that's an interesting topic, Bob. We should go into it for a couple of minutes here. Because when Lincoln Riley got the USC, it's clear that outside of California, Texas was their target state. Moving to the Big Ten, is that going to remain the same? That's my question. Because remember when Nebraska left the Big 12 and moved to the Big Ten, Texas kind of went away. Same thing with Missouri going to the SEC and has crushed the Missouri program, by the way, leaving the Big 12. Because they yeah. they used to get eight nine kids from Texas in some of these classes, so really good players. It, 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 it's really helped Nebraska clearly going to Big Ten. <laughs> I mean, so does USC still target Texas the way they are now? Because now with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and A and M in the SEC and LSU in the SEC, do you lose some of your juice if you're USC because you're not in the Pac-12? out on the West Coast, which is a great visit for these kids. Now you're going to be playing a lot of your games in the Midwest. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I, 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 I'm the, the whole – we could talk for a day and a half 
on realignment and how it's affected recruiting over the years um, and still not get there. I'm going to ask you this. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, your most underrated recruit right now. That's a great question. Um, I mean, we just put, moved Jonah Wilson up 115. <laughs> so I guess he's out. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go with somebody who's ranked 88 in the country. I think Samaje Burrell has a lot of Roshan Johnson in him. I, I think he's got a lot of those qualities. I think he has a chance to be the best pure linebacker Texas has had in a while. Um, I think he's an early enrollee, so he's going to come in ready to go. It, it, you know he's got leadership. I mean, North Crowley's winning games, right? They're they're undefeated right now. Uh, they haven't had the best run over there. They just went through a coaching change late in the spring. Um, I think, and after sitting down with him, you know, he's just got the leadership ability. He He just sees things the way he talks. You just know – even more than what you see on the huddle tape or when you go watch him in person, there's a little bit more to him. You know, he competes in the relays as a 210-pound kid. You know, he, th- he throws a shot put and competes in the relays. He's got a little bit of that Jalen Hurts, Roshan Johnson to him, right? He just plays linebacker. And I've got, go, I've who got, you got? I've got three guys. And, and I know Andre Kojo's one. Keep going. No, it's not. No. It's not. <laughs> I, it's going to be Peyton Kirkland. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not – you know, he's not considered elite, elite. And I think as a guard, he could be. Yeah. Um, I really do believe that. Uh, I also uh, am a big fan of Sadir Mitchell. Yeah. Um, he is not ranked real high as yet nationally in the consensus. He is by some people, but I think he's only 199 in the consensus. He looks like a top 50 or so player in the country, uh, potentially a young man out of New Jersey that's committed to Texas. And my most, one of Maybe one of my most underrated recruits, and he's the number one rated recruit in the country. I think so. It's, I was I was wondering. It's Arch Manning. Yeah, no I mean, I, what he did on Friday night, I was watching. Um, they had a, a feed going, and, uh, you know, he, he was down 34-12 at half, Jerry, against a 5A team. What is Newman? 2A? What, what are 2A. they? 2A. 2A. Yep. You know, what 2A school in the state of Texas beats a 5A school in the state of Texas? Right. Is right. there one? I mean, Dangerfield, maybe. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe in '87. Yeah, exactly. But, but you get my, you get my point. That doesn't that people, yeah. and he's done it two straight weeks. Yeah, they they've done that two straight weeks, and so uh, 34-12, they come back score. I think they end up winning 54-52. Correct. Um, look, I I feel like people are glossing over just how good and and talented he is because. There's been this stigma that he's just that way because of his name. And all he's done this season is prove that that's untrue. Right. Uh, I mean, now they have a big test coming up this week against Manny. And Will Randall's now out for the year. That's a big one yeah. for him. Again, going up against Manny, who's just going to out outman them. I mean, Manny's got some players. Um, right. But but he's got a – I think that the issue that when I say he's underrated in some ways – it's because people think that he's just there because of his name and don't actually watch him play. Um, and so I, I'm pretty strong on that one. And, and, and I've, I've been uh, vocal hey, about it. And, and you know why, you know why I agree with you? He's, th- he's making third and long where he's being flushed outside the pocket and he's dropping the ball in the bucket. These aren't, comebacks right these aren't 10 yard out routes these aren't db slipping 
he's throwing the ball and dropping it in the bucket when he has to make the throw. And he's doing it on the move. He's done it two weeks in a row, rolling right. Where People are like, well, does his arm strong enough? Well, those are 50-yard throws rolling right on the money on fourth and 13 and third and 15 or whatever for touchdowns. I mean, yeah, his arm's plenty strong enough, okay? I mean, what do, what do people want him to do? Throw it out of New Orleans? I mean, <laughs> hit Ed Orgeron on a beach in Destin? I, I mean, what do you want him to do? I completely, uh, completely agree. Um, speaking with Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com, a national recruiting analyst also for On3. I'm Bobby Burton. I work for uh, Inside Texas and uh, have created this channel on Texas football. Uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us uh, for this chat. Uh, some people are saying that that uh, Alabama folks think that uh, that uh, they've got Jalen Hale. Um, we can't we can't dispute that, but I can tell you that Texas doesn't necessarily think that to be the case. So let's wait until tomorrow. He announces tomorrow at his high school, twelve thirty. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas will be there. Uh, Jerry and I will certainly be following along to find out uh, what happens there. Uh, and that a bone is Andrew bone, by the way. Uh, I know that's a, a interesting way to put it. Um, one other guy I wanted to mention in recruiting uh, that we didn't talk about that. I know you have a good relationship with his father because he's a high school coach is Marcus deal yeah. uh, out of uh, name and forest up there in Garland. Uh, what's going on with him uh, as of right now? Uh, official visit to Georgia this weekend. That's a big one. Um, Trey Scott's recruiting him, has been recruiting him. So anybody that questions why was Georgia recruiting him as defensive lineman, only schools that are recruiting Marcus as a defensive lineman exclusively are in, on the list. Uh, so this will be his fourth official visit. His fifth official visit will come either in October or November. That'll be Texas or Oklahoma. Even if he makes an official to Oklahoma, he'll be back on campus at Texas. Um, somebody close thinks the official visit will be to Texas. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's been on the Texas campus probably more than anywhere else. TCU's still in there fighting on that one. Um, I really think it's close to home, a, a, a T Texas, TCU, Oklahoma versus Georgia. I really think that's where this recruitment's at. I think USC and Arkansas are on the peripheral. Um, and that's what it's going to come down to. Obviously, the Deal family prefers him close to home teacher coaches, right? I mean, you have Saturday, you have Saturday film breakdowns. You were in the office on Sunday. So if your kid goes to Georgia, you're going to be watching him on TV much more than going to see him play. So obviously it would make more sense for the family or that there, it makes more sense if he stays close to home, but um, we'll see what happens uh, because I mean, Georgia may be the, the hot team in the country right now. Right. I mean, they won the national title last year and they're absolutely kicking everybody right now. Um, so if Marcus has that itch to get away from home, it'll be Georgia. Um, if he stays close to home, I think Bo Davis has done a really good job uh, in this recruitment. Um, and, and I think that after the Alabama visit, I talked to two people close to Marcus and that the prevailing thought was everything Bo Davis has said from when he started recruiting the Mar Marcus to now has remained true. Um, and I think that's big. So there's a trust factor with Bo Davis in Texas. Um, Jerry, Jerry, uh, you're in Florida right now. What about uh, Jordan Hall, Peyton Kirkland? You, have you talked to those guys down there? Yeah, yeah, I haven't yet. I'm going out to, to back to Orlando tomorrow. I'm going to see Peyton Kirkland there tomorrow. Uh, Jordan Hall, look, Texas is still talking with him. They've talked with him this week already. They'll talk with him again. Uh, it, it's all about getting the kid on campus for a visit. I think Georgia's, again, Georgia's could be tough to beat there. Alabama's lurking. 
Um, uh, Florida's going to be in it or on the list until the end. We'll see what happens there. But I think Texas, he told Chad Simmons a week ago, and I think, you know, everything I'm hearing is the same, that he does want to visit Texas. And, uh, you know, look, Sadir Mitchell got him interested in Texas when he committed and then called the Texas staff, said, hey, recruit this guy. He, he has interest. And I think it's kind of gone from there. Um, so we'll see if they get that official visit date set up. Uh, but right now, look, it's, it's one of those recruitments that, I keep updating the best I can until he sets the official visit date. It's a long shot, but once a visit date's set and you get him on campus, then we'll see where things go. Right now, Georgia's been recruiting him a long time. Florida's been recruiting him a long time. And Alabama's just lurking. Um, I want to ask you two more questions. One's going to be about McCall Harrison Pilot. Okay. Um, and, and that is, if Jalen Hell were to commit to Texas tomorrow, does Texas continue to recruit Harrison Pilot? I think they're done at wideout if Hale commits tomorrow. I think they're done at wideout. Uh, that, that's the best answer I can give you. Okay. So he might end up – if he wants to be in the class, it would have to be as an athlete slash DB, whatever yeah. whatever they uh, kind of make make room for him. I think, TC, I think TCU's in that one pretty strong with Pilot as well. Okay, got it. Um, all right. Uh, the other question I want to ask you is just taking away and talking about Texas Tech as we come upon this. Uh, this week. You and I uh, follow other schools, obviously, as part of our job. That's what we do. We watch players not just going to Texas, but they end up going to Tech or Baylor or, or A&M or wherever. Um, you know, a couple names that you think Texas fans need to be aware of for Texas Tech this week. That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, Tyree Wilson, a defensive end. I mean, Tech's got a couple of ends that, are, that can play. Um and it, it, the crazy thing is, it, you know, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, obviously. But Tyree Wilson could be a high draft pick. So this is going to be another test for the Texas tackles this week um, and another chance for Kelvin Banks to say to really elevate himself. Right. I think that the 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 ends for Texas Tech are the strength of their defense. I think they can sack the quarterback. I think they can be disruptive, um, you know, and after that, I you know, look, I mean, my question is, is if Donovan uh, struggles at quarterback, does Baron Morton get a look? Um, because I just don't see how Texas Tech, if they can't throw the ball effectively against Texas, has a chance to really win the game other than being on Lubbock. And um, look, that's why the games are played. But if they don't throw the ball effectively against Texas, if they can't challenge the Texas safeties uh, in the passing game, I don't see how they win the game. And so if Donovan struggles early, does Baron Morton, who's a better natural passer, get a shot? I think that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be uh, contingent upon a lot of things out there. Um, I really like Sir Roderick Thompson uh, as a running back. Uh, if I just don't think they give him enough running lanes. I mean, that you know, watching that NC State game like I did, uh, DVR'd it and watched it yesterday, I'm just – I don't see a – I don't see a lot of running lanes for those guys. They're good, hard runners. He and Taj Boyd both, but I don't, I just don't see it. So and, and uh, to your point, this is a game where last year, I mean, look, going into this season, I know I wrote about on inside Texas, one of the few fo actual football things versus recruiting. I do. I said defensive line held the key to the season last year for Texas because it, to me is the most talented team on the position on the team. And I stand by that today. I mean, it's only gotten better with Byron Murphy being a year older. If Alfred Collins ever plays up this potential. He played better. He played some this yeah. past week and played yeah. a little bit better. If Andre Sweat's looking like an NFL player this year, right? This is a game that you take these guys on the road 
and you win at the line of scrimmage against an offensive line that you said they're having they're struggling creating the lanes. Um, but you have to do that being disciplined with Donovan Smith. But this is a game, the defensive front for Texas, they can go say, this is where you show how much you've improved in year two under Bo Davis and uh, under PK and all and the staff. Because you go out there and whip the Texas Tech guys in Lubbock in the mid-afternoon. Uh, Jerry, I want to get parting thought from you. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Energy Texas. That's a new sponsor for us here at On Texas Football. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, EnergyTexas.com. Energy Texas, Texas Electricity done right. Jerry, um, as we look towards the rest of this week uh, in recruiting, Jalen Hale tomorrow, we've, we've mentioned that uh, right now, we think it's Texas or Alabama. We don't have news that it's one or the other. We don't necessarily believe the Alabama reports at this point either. Uh, not not to say that we should, uh, you know, say that that's true. Jay, I hate to tell you this, but uh, he may have committed on multiple visits. Um, <laughs> that's more than likely what has happened yes. with a lot of visits. Jerry and I have been through this. Uh, it happens on almost every visit at some level, right? Um, and so thank you for your, your super chat there too, Jay. Uh the, the thing that I would uh, counter with for the rest of this week, uh, Texas needs to get healthy at quarterback. Let's see if Quinn Ewers and or Hudson Card, who takes the snaps. And if it is Ewers, if he really opens up the offense, right? Because yeah. what he started doing against Alabama led me and you both, and I think, um, you know, 100,000 Texas fans to believe wow, we may have a little something extra here. Um, and Eric Nalin, publisher of Inside Texas, put it really well. With Quinn Ewers, football looks fun again. Yeah. I mean, let's just, let's get it right because he was making some throws that you're just like, okay, the other guy, the other team doesn't have a guy like that. No, and he won yeah. the high yeah. And, 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 and the they did with Bryce Young, by the way. Uh, but, he, but Bobby, Bobby, I was there. Bryce didn't make throws like that now. Bryce was 0 for 6 on passes 15 yards down the field in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Quinn Ewers didn't miss a throw <laughs> in that game. I mean, that was stuff that you watch on Sundays at 12 and 3 and Monday nights. That was different level. And I said this at the time. He made throws in succession with a Texas uniform on. I haven't seen there before. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. But but we have that. We have the quarterback situation. We have going on the road, first time on the road this season. Um, you know, relatively young team, uh, particularly on offense, not on defense, but on offense. So are we going to see some false starts? Are we going to see some home cooking from the refs? Um, no offense, but I think we've seen some anti-home cooking thus far um, uh, from referees, even those in the booth. Uh, we do not have any information, by the way. Somebody asked early, and I, I, I forgot to get to this. We do not have any information as yet on uh, DeMarvian Overshone's appeal uh, for uh, clemency, I guess is the best word uh, to put for the first half of, of Monday uh, or of, uh, Saturday afternoon at, at Tech. Uh, but you put all this together, and Texas is looking at a pretty big week. You know, um, You and I circled this game a little bit. It starts conference play. If Texas wants to be in Dallas, yeah. the second week of December, they need to start by winning this game. It's a winnable game. Um, and so 
It's got to get started now, and then they got to go out there with the same level of intensity. Well, I, and I hate to say it, I think it's a must-win game. It's a must-win game because if you want to have a chance to have that nine, ten-win regular season, you can't drop this game because look, Kansas is a better football team this year. Kansas has improved. Could you argue K State maybe isn't? I don't know. Oklahoma State's solid, right? Oklahoma, as long as Dylan Gabriel's there, is going to be solid, right? Good offensive line. Um, so this is not a game. If you're really looking to say, are 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 you going seven and five? You going eight and four? Or maybe that touch that nine or ten win season, regular season. You have to win this game. There's no way around it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. All right, with that, we're going to end it uh, tonight. We went over a little or, over an hour, uh, and we really appreciate you guys. Please uh, hit the like button, subscribe. If you're interested, by the way, in um, advertising with On Texas Football, uh, please email us at On Texas Football at gmail.com and we'll get back to you that's on texas football at gmail.com also please like and subscribe and uh, join us over at inside texas as well one dollar for one month at inside texas jerry for jerry hamilton i'm bobby burton thanks to all the texas fans for joining us we had a good time tonight right all Absolutely. right great to all have right, you all take care guys y'all have a good one we'll see you tomorrow